This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. Hi, it's Vanessa from the Fighting Stigma Show on Free FM. Are you a Waikato local? Do you have an idea for a radio show? Do you want to try your hand at being a content creator on Free FM? If so, check out our website on freefm.org.nz or find Free FM on Facebook and get in touch. This program is sponsored by New Zealand Bridge, sponsors of Grassroots Bridge across the nation. Welcome to the Bridge Zone. You're at the table with Barry and Mariana. We have a guest in our studio today, and you'll probably recognise him. Some may not know him, but he's got a feckin' weird accent. <laughs> he has that. <laughs> so join us later on, and we'll listen to our mystery guest. What did you get up to in the weekend, Barry? Well, it's not so much what I got up to. It was pretty quiet on the scene, but I want to know what happened at the Cambridge Sixes, Mariana. What happened in the car park to start with? <laughs> Uh-oh. Sorry, Mr A's decays. I did mention it to him, and look where we are now. I was just pulling into the car park at the Don Rowland Centre and noticed that there was a car on the side. Someone jumps out, obviously being dropped off, and there's a pash. With the windows steamed up? <laughs> They're very lucky it was outside the car. So little PDA was probably on the mild side. Drive on up. And I was like, my window goes down. I was like, hello, Mr. A's to K's. A little pash in the car park. <laughs> yeah. It's been dropped off by his wife and she's probably going off shopping. It was a great start to the day. It was. Now, I hear that the ice cream team, and I saw the photo, was very impressive. I hear the ice cream team did pretty well in the dressing up department. Absolutely. That was my team. It was a great photo. I made our team's hats because we decided we'd go as ice creams. And we all had everybody's favourite flavours on top. Mine was honeycomb, so I had a little bee. Is it true that one of them had goody-goody gumdrops? It was. Yep. It's his favourite. And so we decided to add another layer, so a double scoop of ice cream, and we put the Scream Movies mask on. I even made ice cream pens for our team. So it was almost like a triple scoop. <laughs> and we took out the prize for the best dress. They were absolutely thrilled. And all Cherie wanted was a balloon. And she got her balloon. <laughs> and I got plonked, so I was over the moon. <laughs> Should we move on to the bridge? How did that go? Well, my bridge wasn't that flash, but it was a great day. Food was beautiful. The organisation of the tournament and our guest star today actually took out the open section well that's good isn't it and i'm sure he's going to tell us all about that so the winning team was was it wally and the wallets who was that team mariana that was john craig mary chamberlain mary. yeah she's a hoot isn't she i took my mask off and she goes put it back on <laughs> but with your mask on it's better but yes team from auckland came down they looked very good we voted for them and the rest of Wally and the Wallets, the intermediate pair was Emma and Diane Russell, and the junior pair, Rebecca Gain and Diane Bridgman, who also took out third overall in the junior section, so they they really did their bit for the team. Second were the Rotorua Aces, Heine Lux and Alan Dick, Elspeth Goodrick and Wendy Blackman, Morelli Esterheisen and Christine DeVries. And runner-up of the dress-ups were the Blue Bottle team, Richard Solomon 
Anacoma and they had clear umbrellas with little blue crepe streamers down like jellyfish. It's pretty impressive when they all walked in. Where'd you see those photos, Barry? I think they were on Facebook. Awesome. So if you want to check them all out, have a little look. It was a hoot. Some more results. The Teradale 5A on the weekends. Leah Fisher went all the way over there to get some A points to try and chase down Jack James and Jeremy Fraser Hoskin. Leah Fisher and George Masters came out on top. Six A points for that. Six. I think Jack got one. Talking about those three little aces, happy birthday to Jeremy FH. It was yesterday. 23, was it? Guess so. You're getting on a bit now. The Richmond Swiss Pairs, won by Morris Carter and Jim Jessup. Bit quiet on the tournament scene on the weekend, though. Did try to have a look at Geraldine, but still no results that I could see. Have you got a tournament coming up soon? This weekend, over in Hastings, Mariana. Oh, that Fullerton thingamajiggy. Yep, been going for many a year, the Fullerton teams. A pretty hot field this year. Ooh, should be good. Got your accommodation sorted? Oh, that's right, sorry. What a waste of breath that was. You don't organise anything. (laughs) So you just say, yes, it is. Staying with my sister-in-law. How about that? That's nice and easy. It was. <laughs> I don't know whether my sister-in-law will appreciate that, but nice cruisy trip over on Friday afternoon, and we don't start till just after lunch on Saturday. Oh, okay. No, Saturday and Sunday at the Fullerton teams. Mm. Coming up next, we're heading off to the courthouse. Director, please. How can I help? Judge Julie presiding. Good morning, Judge Julie. Morning. Got a doozy for you this morning from one of our listeners. Sounds like a perhaps a bit of an inexperienced player, but it could happen to an experienced player too, I guess. Their partner opened one no trump. It went past to them and they bid two hearts and their partner alerted that and then they realised, oh my God, that's right, we're playing transfers and they had five <laughs> hearts. Now, <Aha>. so what <laughs> could they have done? What should they have done? And when should they have done it? Okay, first of all, when partner alerts it, they cannot do anything, and really importantly, they shouldn't look like a shock, horror, and good God, what do I do next? You need to keep a poker face. You're only allowed to know stuff through the auction. If you look aghast, you're giving your partner information they're not allowed, and you're giving your opponents help that you do not want to give them probably more importantly so you just sit there blank faced as you always do and wait for the auction to come back round to you well that's going to be fun now, isn't what it what do you do <laughs> well first of all if your partner has opened one no trump you know that they can't have a lot of spades so when they bid two spades you know from the auction which you are allowed to know that something has gone wrong because how on earth could partner but two spades when they've opened one no trump. That's all right. I've got all that. What the hell do we do now? This is where the biggest problem occurs. If you bid three hearts, you will be telling your partner that you have five or more spades and four or more hearts and you are inviting game. But hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. What if we put a full stop after that, fold our no, arms and put our cards down? No, you're not allowed to do anything like that. You're not allowed to put your pen down and fold your arms. You're not allowed to put full stops. You're not to just sort of relax like the auction is over. You are not allowed to do any of those things. And if you do do them, unintended as they may be, then if there is a problem, the director's going to come along and change what contract you're in anyway. So it doesn't help you to do any of those things except to upset your opponents who will call the director, and quite rightly 
and then the director will resolve any debatable points in the favour of your opponents because you're the one that's done something wrong. A lot of bridge is about what we do after we've made a mistake, how do we get out of it? A lot of the time, the answer is just to pass. Now, if you bid hearts and your partner now knows that you've got hearts and not spades, then your partner should be explaining your two-heart bid as either a transfer to spades or natural with hearts because you keep forgetting it. And that's information your opponents are entitled to. Maybe we should do lessons on how to keep a poker face because I'm yes, sure well, it interestingly happens enough, Unlike poker, bridge really requires that you do that. I wouldn't look at Richard Solomon as an example, but in some ways he actually does do that because he has expressions all the time, so we never know what he's thinking. People that react when something goes wrong, just every now and then, absolutely telegraph what's going on. And one of the things to remember is this is probably helping your opponents more than it's helping your side. (laughs) So what you're suggesting there is that probably passing two spades might be the best option, no matter how many spades you've got. Maybe the opponents will come in, who knows, maybe something good will happen. Yeah, I mean, if, if you do this, you know, like smoothly and confidently, because whenever we do something wrong, doing it confidently helps us a little bit, right? So if we pass confidently and happily, yep, and no that's not idea. with a minute grin on our face, I'd have to point it out, <laughs> um, maybe our opponents will come back into the auction and save us from ourselves. Well, perhaps they'll bid three hearts and we'll have five of them. Yeah. <laughs> Perhaps one will then but three spades and we'll cry. <laughs> <laughs> what about a super acceptance? Oh, yeah, we, we just don't want to go there. <laughs> so when things go wrong, and if we want to get right back to the beginning, if you're a beginner and you open one diamond and partner bids one spade and all of a sudden you've got that horrible feeling you've got no rebid because you should have opened one no trump, yeah. We all do this at some stage, and we all have to decide what is the best thing we can do now so we don't go from the frying pan into that fire. And it's a real art. And it doesn't matter how new you are to the game or how very experienced you are with the game. Every now and then, things go wrong. Amen. So no matter how experienced you are, it doesn't stop you from doing something stupid. No, that's right. We had awards for it, didn't we, Barry? <laughs> oh, yeah. I forgot about those. <laughs> what is it called? A Homer Award. That's right, the Homer Award. Yes. <laughs> Thank you, Julie. I hope that helps our listener. Thank you. Radio, have a good day. So if you've got anything that you would like to raise on the show, send us an email, bridgezoneshuffle at gmail.com. We did get an email from our youngster, Ryan Song. Quite a reaction from mentioning Ryan Song. I think we had about three or four emails about that subject. (laughs) So we've heard all about Ryan. So thank you for emailing in, Ryan. So he's pretty full on with university studies and the like, hoping to play a little bit of bridge at Congress this year over at the Mount. Fantastic to hear that you're still up and kicking and still an NZ. He's thinking of going overseas to study. What's with that? Maybe he'll get a bit of bridge in while he's overseas as well. Had a couple more emails in too, Mariana, about suggested ice cream flavours. <laughs> yes. Gold Rush was popular. Cheese flavoured ice cream? Yeah, have you heard of a heard of such a thing? I think it was stiff cheese. What's your favourite ice cream flavour? 
I quite like hokey pokey. Mine's honeycomb. It's very rare, but when you're travelling down through Sanson and you stop, you go through it, and there's a little honey specialist shop on there. Their ice cream's amazing. Yep. Every time I travel down there, I sort of try and bypass there and eat an ice cream on the way up. I don't care what time of the morning I'm leaving, Palmy. <laughs> detour out that way. Grab one. It's pretty good. Get your gumboots on. We're going down to the pond. Phenomena. What's this? It's Kermit's Bridge Tips with Pam Livingston. Good morning, Kermit. Hi there. I heard a story about you over the weekend. Oh, did you? Oh, um, <laughs> hang on, let me consult my lawyer. <laughs> yeah, embrace yourself. <laughs> the Bridge spies have been out and about, and they've yep. told me this is a story of marital bliss or something along those lines. <laughs> Apparently you booked in for a bridge tournament. Nothing unusual about that, you'd say? In Invercargill, yeah. of all places? That was fine, but then you booked into another bridge tournament in the North Island a couple of weeks yeah. later. You'd arranged your accommodation, you'd got your partner, you'd entered the tournament, everything was going brilliantly, right? You'd just forgotten yeah. one little thing. Yes, I'd forgot the minor detail that I was actually supposed to be on holiday with my husband. (laughs) (laughs) So I've entered the national teams in in Invercargill. I wasn't going to play and then I said to my husband, why don't you come down too and we'll take a week off and do a bit of a ticky tour and just enjoy being down there. I've never been to Invercargill. I actually forgot that while we were flying home, I had committed to be seated at playing cards in Hamilton. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, my very understanding bridge partner, we're going to play something else instead of that Hamilton tournament, and I'm going to finish my holiday with my husband. I'm sure James is very understanding as well. Oh, very long-suffering, as you can imagine. <laughs> Was it a third of a century, did you say, Pam? Oh, yeah, we've actually been married for 33 years. I was a child bride, obviously. (laughs) (laughs) So I think he enjoys when I'm away playing tournaments and he has some time to himself. So that's my theory and I'm sticking to it. (laughs) Anyway, what's this week's tip, Kermit? Well, my tip this week is feeling tired and it's not the time for a cunning plan. I'm thinking mostly about tournaments. You're playing in a tournament and sometimes you're really onto it and you feel like you just know where all the cards are and other times you're tired. And when you're really in the zone, you can do things that are a little bit offbeat sometimes and they work okay. But when you're feeling tired, coming up with a cunning plan, it's the wrong time to do it. So when you're feeling tired and not quite on your game, then you're just going to play straight down the middle and I can remember in my younger days some of the younger people that I'm playing with now will be surprised how I was a reasonably flamboyant player I'm old and crusty now I used to think of them as cunning plans that I'd do and they certainly worked a lot better when I was on my game than when I was tired so when you're tired you just try and keep things together and do just very very normal things what do you reckon, Barry? Do you yeah, know what I, I mean? I, I think Zia came up, you know, Zia had the three heats or whatever, you know, yeah. you know, when you're in heats one, two and three or whatever. And and when you're in the, you know, the bad one, he reckoned that just what you said, go straight down the middle, try not to do anything clever. I know exactly what you're saying. In the post-mortem afterwards, I used to think of those things that went badly as, 
I came up with a cutting plan. <laughs> Don't do it at that stage of the tournament. <laughs> that would be my advice. Well, no matter how clever it is, if partner doesn't get it, it's probably not going to end well, is it? And you sort of on to another subject. I mean, I had a delightful instance a few weeks ago when a, an opponent just made a very helpful lead for me and said, well, I didn't know what was a good lead, so I thought I'd do something to confuse the clearer. And in fact, what they actually ended up doing was confusing their partner, and the clearer was very happy about it. (laughs) Isn't that so often the case? Someone tries to confuse the clearer and... The only person they end up confusing is their partner because declarer knows what they've got in their two hands. <laughs> That's exactly right. So false carding and things another subject and maybe the subject of another tip. Thank you, Pam. Catch Kermit next week for another tip. See you. Phenomena. Actually, I'll tell everybody, Hamilton Bridge Club actually has a little bit of a dilemma with their Friday lessons purely due to numbers. Our bridge club is chock-a-block. <laughs> we can't fit them all in on a Friday, Mariana. That's a good problem to have, isn't, isn't it? Isn't it? It's weird. So the club has had to change their daytime lessons from a Friday to a Tuesday. So next year, the lessons are going to be Tuesday during the day and Tuesday evening, simply because we can't fit any more people in to play bridge on a Friday. Bearing in mind, we've got two rooms at the Hamilton Bridge Club, but of course we've got sort of two sections and we can't fit them all into one room without wedging them up against the wall. We kind of use both rooms for playing and that means a bit tricky to have lessons on that day, but we've got plenty of other days of the week available. So as long as we don't run out of days of the week as well as rooms at the Bridge Club, we'll be fine, Mariana. We might have to build up, Barry. <laughs> Goodness me. No, I don't think the Bridge Club's... Uh, it's usually available between midnight and three in the morning, Mariana, so maybe we could go for that. <laughs> yeah. 24-7. That'll be a first anywhere, I would say. It'd be almost like playing online. You could be on the forecourt. <laughs> it could be. We could even open it up to Real Bridge and we could become the first real, true international club opening it up to everybody who wants to play. Imagine that. Gosh, what a nightmare. Talking about playing all hours. The Hamilton Bridge Club is opening its doors at 8pm and operating right through to the early hours in the morning. Listen in, because this is going to be... A new beginning for us. Got Hugh McGann in the studio. Thanks for coming on, Hugh. Thanks, Barry. Good to be here and to talk to everyone. The reason we've got Hugh on is we want to know, and there's nothing bad about this, folks, we want to know what it is he does in the middle of the night at the end of August. What's happening that week, Hugh? So I'm looking forward to my week of annual leave at the end of August, taking a week (laughs) off work, and starting on the Monday night, the second last Monday night in August, I'm going to be playing bridge for six nights. Six nights. And what yeah. sort of time are we talking about? So the first start every evening at 8pm and finishing about 5 to 5.30am playing right through the night. Oh. Uh, I'm just still not sure that he's going to be at his best at four in the morning, but we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, it's a long time since I've worked nights, so I'm kind of working out how I'm going to get my body rhythm around to sleeping during the day, playing bridge all night. 
Barry asked me, he said, what do you look like at 3am in the morning, Mariana? I said, well, do you want my bridge face or do you want my party face? Well, I was up at 3.30 this morning and playing bridge from 4 to 7 before I went to work. Really? <laughs> yeah, so I'm, we're doing a bit of practice this week and next week playing in the Alt event online on BBO. And the matches start at 2, but I've said I won't play the 2am match, so I get up and play the 4am match and then go to work. And how's the results here? Um, so far, so good. good. Today was the first day, so you can check us out on the Old Bridge site and see how we're going. If you tell us, what is the event you're playing? Yeah, at? so the event we're practicing for is the European Bridge qualifiers for the Bermuda Bowl, the World Championships. Yep. And that's usually a two-week event held in somewhere in Europe. But because of COVID, it got cancelled in 2020, rescheduled for 2021, and of course cancelled again. Yeah. So they decided to hold it online, and it's going to be the last week in August. Top eight teams in Europe get to go to the bowl. And who's your supervisor? I guess you have to have one. Pretty strict a situation because really keen when it's online to avoid any um, irregularity or any yeah. anything going on. Going to be watched all the time by a supervisor. And can you believe I've had someone to volunteer to come every night to sit with me through the night with me and watch me, make sure I don't have any electronic devices, that I don't have anything else open online, that yeah. behaviour's all good. And that's Mary Ellen Newton. What you know, a job. I'm not convinced she'll be at her best at three in the morning either, but anyway. <laughs> well, I'm told she never sleeps, so that she'd be the perfect person. <laughs> Thumbs up to okay, that. So, so this event, how many countries actually will be playing in it? I'm representing Ireland in the Open event, and there's 31 countries playing. So we're going to be playing a complete round robin, 12 board matches over the six nights. Mm. Pretty tough, pretty long event. Yeah. And then the top eight countries will qualify for the bowl. Who are, the, who are the strong contenders? The usual lot, really. Poland. Poland are always really yep. strong, really good team. Norway have a good team. The Swiss have a great team for the first time ever. Okay. And because a lot of British players from other countries have come together to play for Switzerland. So 31 countries and only eight of them are going to make it? Yeah. How do you rate Ireland's chances, Hugh? Um, I think we've uh, a shot of being in the top 10. And if things go well, we might be in the top eight. We won't be favourites. We have a chance. Yeah. I mean, I think it depends how I go at night playing throughout the night, how I, how I stack up with that will make a big difference. Yeah, what's the real time? It's Central European time, it's a 10 a.m. start. Guys playing in Ireland will be 9 a.m. The guys playing in Iceland, I think, might be about 7 a.m. So various times for everyone in different zones. Yeah. Okay. And what about dinner? Do you get supper stops? Yeah, I'm told I can have a lunch break. Oh. So at 3 a.m. I'll be able to take an hour's break and <laughs> have a lunch break. <laughs> Gives a new meaning to a late lunch. I'm not really looking at forward to sitting out halfway through the you know sitting out a match halfway through the night. Yeah. Who is your team, Hugh? As you might imagine, um, five guys from Ireland. So you might know my partner who's played a bit in Australia as well, Tom Hanlon. And yep. then two Irish guys who've been stalwarts of the team for many, many years, Adam Mesber and Nick Fitzgibbon. Yep. And John Carroll, who's a good friend of ours, playing with Mark Moran. So that's the six of us. And Tom is a full-time professional. The rest of the others are kind of semi-professional. Do you have a captain or a non-playing captain? Yeah, we've got a captain. We've got a lady. By God, is she strict? He looks nervous just oh, talking about it. I've emails every day asking me how much I'm practicing and what I'm doing and how good I'm living my life and I'm making sure I've had no alcohol for the month. <laughs> <laughs> She's going to be hard-pressed to see what you're doing over the, the other yeah, side of the world. that's the one good thing. <laughs> so I'm a little bit worried she might hear this show going out. No, she won't. We can say that he's getting exercise because he's cycling around Hamilton City. If anyone wants to watch, I guess I'd say yeah, as well. Yeah, um, it's going to be on a platform called Real Bridge, but anyone can watch. It's going to be open to all the matches, 15 or 16 matches every night. will be open to kibitzing and with a 45-minute delay. You can just go to the website and find Real Bridge login and go and have a look.
But, I wonder so. if you can get a log of how many people New Zealanders actually get up there and watch at that time. I'd be crazy enough and have a look. I think it'd be more crazy Irishmen watching, weren't there, at that time? <laughs> yeah, but they'd be watching you today. That's nice and easy. I'd be impressed if there's a few Kiwis watching. True. Hey, congratulations for taking out the open section at the Cambridge Sixes on the weekend. Thank you, Mariana. It's good. And, and thanks to my lovely partner, Claire Coles, who's, who organises the event. It was great. Still a good event. Yeah, fantastic and great fun. What are the plans after this one? Let's say you qualify to the eight, then what happens? Yeah, so the bowl is in um, the end of February, early March in Italy, COVID allowing, MIQ allowing. Yeah. I guess it'll be the same for the New Zealand team who are going. A lot will depend on what what the situation is like in the world and whether we can travel at that point in time. They plan to have that for sure as a face-to-face event. I don't know about you, Hugh, but I think hmm, I wouldn't like to bet the house on it. Yeah, no, I've learned with COVID not to bet anything. That's the moral of COVID. Every time I've had a trip planned, it's been cancelled. Right. And next tournament here in New Zealand? playing in the um, with Michael Ware in the pairs at the New Zealand Bridge Congress that sounds good okay just getting back to the time thing it's going to be tough isn't it playing at that era of the oh, morning yeah it's going to really 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 make a difference I mean you, I guess you won't know until later I no. guess you'd rather not play the last match if you could get away with it yeah I've said I'd like to sit out the last match but yeah I think it'll depend what the captain decides on the day <laughs> Well, all the best for that. Thank you. How do you actually practice to play at night? Are you doing it already? Well, I'm getting up at the moment, as I said, you're 3.30 and playing, yeah, and playing before work every day. That's not 8 o'clock going on for the distance, <laughs> That's true, and for six days in a row. I oh, know. Yeah. Oh. Well, I remember doing nights a long time ago when I was a junior doctor, so maybe I can bring oh, back those right. memories. I don't know. It seems to me like playing Congress, where you play all day in, in New Zealand and you're stay up all night which is what sort of happens when you've got people staying with you I don't know whether I think eh, I'm still playing okay at the end of this or whether I'm that brain dead that I don't notice <laughs> yeah and I don't know whether I'd be better on day one or on day six maybe by day six I'll be, be acclimatised to the new time zone now, I know the Hamilton Bridge Club are going to run something on that last Friday night they're going to have an Irish stew in your honour like a f- midnight madness <laughs> <laughs> and then they're going to watch the first match on Friday night so a few we'll, glasses we'll, of wine and yeah, some food and watch the match great. we're hoping that you'll be still in contention at that point and give us something to look at I hope so too <laughs> I'm sure you do no, I don't think they'll make it through to four in the morning though to be fair yeah. some might Jenny and I might have a bottle of Shiraz there <laughs> you might need two bottles Mary. <laughs> yeah no it's been brilliant hey thanks for coming in and sharing the event it's certainly something that's pretty unique to any New Zealand Bridge Club and we're happy to host it now I just want to say as well thanks to Alan Morris from New Zealand Bridge because he really supported me with the European Bridge Federation t- to support me to play so without him I don't think it would have been possible so thanks they, Alan how did the European Bridge League react to you playing from New Zealand uh, everyone is playing from their own countries and hubs and they're really keen to have a really clean event and to make sure everything is done properly so they were a little bit reluctant at first but Alan said he'd had experience with the um, New Zealand-Australia match and he was sure that this could be done properly and he supported it and they they said fine Thumbs up Okay. Okay. Oh well we'll look forward to the results and if they're broadcastable we'll be mentioning it after the the end of August And I hope to see some of you watching Yeah Yeah, I'll watch We'll definitely be having a look here don't worry about that Cool well thanks for that and all the best and as Hugh was walking out the studio, he said, please remember, mention once again how grateful he is to Mary Ellen for coming in to be his in-house supervisor over this event. A big over-the-air bouquet goes out to you, Mary Ellen. Alrighty, so that was a lot of information. I like that feckin' boy. Going to be pretty tough playing at that era of the morning. Oh, it's better him than me.
What sort of state do you think you'd be in by three in the morning, Mariana? Well, I could tell you in my normal life what sort of state I am in at three o'clock in the morning, and that's not after playing bridge. <laughs> but anyway, it's a big ask, and good luck to them. That's it for us this week. I'll be over at the Hawks Bay, yeah, back with luck. all the news. Good Maybe luck. I'll catch up with a bit of gossip over there, Mariana. <laughs> I'll watch out for pashing in the car park to start with. All right, take care, everybody. Bye for now. New Zealand Bridge, sponsoring Bridge from beginner to international, nationwide. For more episodes, use the accessmedia.nz app for iOS and Android devices, or subscribe to this podcast via Spotify, iHeartRadio, or Apple Podcasts. This free FM podcast was brought to you with support from New Zealand On Air.